I pregnant and I didn't know it? My virginity says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, this is Thinking Out Loud. Today's episode is about fighting procrastination. I'm Isha. I'm Aria. And I'm Mahair. So it's nearing exam season and summative period, or for some of you, you've just survived. However, as students in the middle of a pandemic, we may have all this time. However, we've lost all motivation. This causes us to procrastinate. Yeah, and that leads us into what is procrastination itself. And the simple definition as most people know it is just putting off a task or putting off an assignment until later and then when later comes you put it off until later and what I like to do in my personal experience is if I need to get out of bed or if I need to start something I'll be like okay my game plan is that I'm going to start it in five more minutes and then five more minutes comes and it's like 10 31 and I'm like no that's not an even number I'm going to have to wait till 10 45 now and then 10 45 comes and I just keep putting it off and off and off until eventually all the time has passed and I don't have any time to do the task anymore. Yeah, all right. The same thing literally happens with me too. It's like, it's a weird way that my brain works. It's kind of like if I'm aiming to start a task at 10.30, but if it's like 10.30 and then five seconds, I would wait for it to become like an even number. So I would wait for it for like the time to be divisible by five. So it has to either be like 10.30 or like 10.35 before I can actually start the task. But then I keep putting it off and I never actually end up doing the task. And then I feel guilty about it later. Same. Like sometimes I'm not even on TikTok. I'm just in bed all comfy and I don't want to like put in the effort of like rolling over and like getting out of bed because I'm so comfortable and I know that I'm causing myself pain by studying. So, you know. It's not even comfort for me sometimes. I'll be in a towel just staring at the wall. And I won't want to get out, like get up and start like getting dressed and stuff because I'm just staring at a wall. Yeah. And procrastination is not only like putting things off um, to do them at like a later time. It can also be understood as like the short term mood repair for like anyone at any given time. Like if you're going through something, like if you if you have a chemistry test tomorrow and if you're just grinding really hard for your chem test and you just want to take a break the break eventually turns into procrastination because you're like oh just five more minutes I'll get off TikTok in five more minutes oh give me like 30 seconds more but you never actually end up going back to studying so that like that short break just becomes like a long-term extended kind of thing and you never actually end up finishing the task that you were supposed to do Yeah, and basically how your brain works is when you're putting off something that you don't want to do. So let's say you're putting off um, like starting an economics assignment. Your brain is feeling momentary relief, right? You've been rewarded for procrastinating. And when we're rewarded for something, we tend to do it again, which is why procrastination tends to be a cycle, not a one-off behavior, which eventually becomes a habit because... the momentary relief that you feel when like scrolling through TikTok for five minutes because it's not like 1045 or whatever, that just happens again and again and again. And there's actually like multiple reasons as to why your brain behaves that way and why it causes you to not like go back into doing your work immediately. And that's because some people might find a certain task appealing and that's what they usually tend to do while they're procrastinating. For example, I'm pretty sure that if a teenager had to pick between like 
doing calculus or scrolling through TikTok, they would pick scrolling through TikTok in a heartbeat. And that's just because they find scrolling through TikTok more appealing than doing calculus for like the billionth time. And we tend to think of procrastination as relatively harmless, right? Like we're putting it off. We might be super, super stressed when we're eventually starting the task, but we think of it as harmless in, in general. And that's actually not true. Because chronic procrastination, aside from all the productivity costs, has actually really, really destructive effects on our physical health and on our mental health, um, including stress, psychological distress, low life satisfaction, symptoms of depression, anxiety, poor health behaviors, and sometimes in extreme cases, hypertension and or cardiovascular disease. Um, people also tend to procrastinate as a result of their perfectionism. Um, perfectionism can lead to procrastination in a number of ways, such as by making someone so afraid of making a mistake that they end up not taking any action at all, or by making someone so worried of publishing something with any flaws that they end up reworking their project so many times and making sure that it's absolutely perfect before they release it. Yeah, and that's one type of the four types of procrastinators. Okay, so out of the four types of procrastinators, the first type is the performer who says, I work well under pressure. It's basically planned procrastination where students put tasks off to the last possible moment to put themselves under stress and pressure, enabling more effort to be put in to a certain task. So your biggest challenge would be to like get stuff started, but a solution is literally set yourself a deadline before the actual deadline. All you have to do is start a task and it's not easy, I promise. I've been trying this for two years now, but I am now learning the importance of setting deadlines. I like to think that I work better at night and then night rolls around and I just go to sleep. So I, it doesn't work. But Aria, how can you possibly work at night? Doesn't your Wi-Fi go off at like 6.30 p.m. anyways? Well, that's why, okay, I low-key use my Wi-Fi as an excuse to get more Wi-Fi. Or no, no, I low-key use procrastination as an excuse to get more Wi-Fi because I'm like, like, dad, I work better at night and I work better under pressure. Can you give me more Wi-Fi until 12 and then I fall asleep? Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so that's how I realized that I do think I work well under pressure, but I don't work better at night. And so, the procrast the type the form of procrastination that I more identify with is the self-deprecator who says I am so lazy right now oh my god this sounds so bad because I'm not a lazy person well kind of <laughs> so that person tends to blame inaction on laziness or stubbornness rather than admit they're tired and what they really need is to be more compassionate with themselves and so basically just don't overwork yourself and allow yourself breaks and essentially what your biggest challenge is, is taking a break because we already know you're going to say you don't have time to rest. And your solution is to recharge, try taking a walk to give yourself space and rebuild your energy. Um, and so I found that I identify with that a lot because there'll be a lot of times when I know I need to do something and I know that I need to get it done by a certain date. And I'll just be like, like, no, like I don't have the energy to do this right now. And that might be because I overworked myself the night before, maybe the morning before, and I just piled on task after task after task and did all those. And so I don't have the like mental capacity to do another thing. And so I just procrastinate that. Yeah. And I'm also a type two procrastinator. Like I also say that I'm very lazy, um, but at the same time, 
I resonate more with like the third type of procrastination, which is um, the overbooker who says, I'm so busy. This type of person, this type of procrastinator usually fills up their schedule and is always constantly in one commitment or the other and basically just overbooks themselves, overworks themselves. And they reach a point where they burn out. So to cope from burning out, so to cope with burning out, they kind of just start procrastinating and end up doing nothing. Anyways, so I know we're very, like, I know I'm a person that's overworking myself a lot, but at the same time, I love procrastinating. Like, I can't not do it. Like, I try not to do it. And I know I'm probably going to fail because I procrastinate. But at the same time, procrastinating is so much fun, you know? It's so much fun to just like lie down on your bed, stare at the ceiling, like listen to music, drink iced coffee. It's so much fun. But like because of procrastinating so much and because I overbook myself, um, I often find myself in situations where there's so much stuff piled on that I have to finish at like in that specific moment because I have to reach a deadline, right? So in short, don't procrastinate because <laughs> you will fail. <laughs> don't do drugs. That's literally what we sound like right now. Like I commented this in my takeaways too, but procrastination is literally like being a drug addict. Because we are addicted. Like procrastinating is an addiction of literally all of Gen Z. We're addicted to chocolate. We're addicted to our phones. We're addicted to procrastination. And people are addicted to drugs. Like, I don't see the difference. Except one actually has, like, an addiction kind of... I don't know. There isn't a difference. That's all I'm trying to say. They both make you feel different forms of, like, pleasure. Which sounds really bad. (laughs) They both make you feel... What are you doing when you're procrastinating, bro? I want to know. Okay, (laughs) Would you actually like release some sort of like hormone in your brain that actually is like synced with pleasure? Yeah, I think so. Cause it's like it's a form of relief, right? And relief brings like pleasure. At the same time, pleasure is relaxing, but you're also stressing. Like, how do you do both at the same time, bro? I know. Like, I'm constantly thinking about how like if I just suck it up and do the task then after the task is done, I'll have all this free time to do whatever I want. But why would I want to do that when I can just do all that before the task? But at the same time, it's more pleasurable after the task. It's like a cycle. Ari and I were actually just talking about this. And it's kind of like you, like people reach a point where they start caring so much that they stop giving a shit about things that they're doing. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, so much. It's like, I care so much about passing physics with like a high grade that I just don't give a crap about studying for my exam. We want high results, but we don't want to put in the effort at this point. No, it's not even putting, it's not about, I don't even think it's about putting in the effort anymore. It's kind of just like, you don't see the point of putting in the effort. Like you lost all motivation to simply put in an effort because you're not getting any instantaneous results. Yeah, our generation is literally all about instant gratification, right? Like our phones, social media, they've all enhanced, like Gen Z especially, we're all about instant gratification. And so if there comes a time or if there comes a task that we have to do that takes like 
a multitude of hours and a multitude of hard work and effort and labor and tears and stress. Why would we do that when we can just not? I mean, sometimes we do take the motivation and start a task, but then we don't have the motivation to finish it. This is actually the fourth type of procrastinator. So it's like the novelty seeker who says, I just had the best idea. So basically this type of procrastinator, you start so much, but struggle actually finishing anything. I feel like all of us have experienced, experienced, I feel like all of us have experienced the fourth type of procrastination at some point in our lives. I know that um, at least the five of us in this podcast, not in this episode, but like in the podcast, um, we've all started so many companies or like plan to start so many companies and so many organizations together. Um, And one of the ones that we recently attempted to start we had like four formal meetings for it. We tried filling out like applications and everything, right? We filled out a bunch of applications, but as soon as we got like our first rejection, we all completely lost motivation and didn't want to do anything about it. I feel low-key attacked right now, but you're not wrong. We even like, we've started so many projects that I even thought that this podcast wouldn't last, but look at this. We're like at about a thousand listeners right that's I mean that's keeping us motivated but it's one of the projects that I'm glad it lasted that's like another reason why people procrastinate actually because there's a big fear there and I think especially with people our age especially with teenagers there's a fear of doing something and then realizing you're not good enough right like if you're trying to start an application or if you're trying to start an assignment for school and you sit down and you realize that the task or the or the obligation is just so, so difficult and you don't know how you're going to get through it. And then you're like, and then you spiral down a rabbit hole. I found myself guilty of this so many times where I'll sit down and I'll be like, okay, I have to start this. Then I'll read through the assignment, what it's supposed to be. And I'll be like, this is actually a lot harder than I expected it to be. And then I'll be like, wait, what if when I submit it, my teacher's like, you're such a sucky writer and I'm giving you a 30% and then if I get a 30% then my average is going to drop to a 50% and if my average drops to a 50% then I'm not going to get into university and if I don't get into university I'm going to have to crash on my hair's couch for the rest of my life. Hey can I just say that crashing on my couch doesn't sound like a bad idea because I'm going to have like a really comfortable couch. Just putting that out there. And that you're going to be homeless with me. It'll be like like a $2 couch from like Ikea or Goodwill. No not Ikea, Goodwill. Okay, that's just simply not true. We're going to be living in New York, okay? And you can crash on my couch on the second floor of my penthouse. Don't worry. I got you. That was a roller coaster. It went everywhere. <laughs> so are you guys confident or not? Nah. <laughs> nah, it's like a momentary lapse. You know, like, it was a momentary lapse of con. There was a moment of confidence, and now it's gone. <laughs> um... There have been times when I've literally found myself like learning an entire physics unit like the night before the test because just the entirety of the unit while my teacher was teaching I was like I can't do this like I can't do this like I can't pay attention this is so complex these are really really hard topics and so I'll just go through the bright space the night before and I'll learn every single concept the night before the test because it's a cycle for me. I go through all types of procrastination. I'm like, if I learn the night before the test, I'll retain it the most because I work well under pressure. But then the weekend that I have to learn all the stuff, I'll be like, I'm so lazy. So then I leave it till the night before. 
um, I also am like, I'm so busy. Like we're going to Toronto on Saturday. We're going to downtown Oakville on Sunday. I don't have time for this. Wait, Aria, aren't you like a high 90 average student? I, I, okay, I low-key find it shocking that even this really, really smart people, like the high average people also procrastinate. How? Okay. Like that's the thing, right? Like if I'm procrastinating and I'm still getting like good grades, exactly what's stopping me from not procrastinating like there's nothing that's like motivating me to not procrastinate you know because like I mean yeah I'll probably get better grades if I didn't procrastinate right but at the same time I'm getting good grades even when I'm procrastinating so I'm okay with it as long as my grades are good I don't really care how I get them you know there'll be times when I wish the assignment I submitted the assignment that I started working on like 30 minutes before it was due like I wish that I got like a 50 on it because then it would motivate me to not procrastinate and to not procrastinate next time but the thing is I got lucky or unlucky depending on how you look at it in the sense that like I can I have the ability to start an assignment an hour before it's due and still get like a high 90 mark on it which is just like okay great so then I'm gonna keep procrastinating like why not gosh I'm so jealous right now (laughs) I mean at least now I know how normalized procrastination is it's normal everyone does it I'm not lazy I'm normal (laughs) lazy is normal haven't you heard true guys do you think Elon Musk and like Bill Gates procrastinate do you think that's a thing they do because like if they procrastinate right like, if they don't procrastinate, that's, like, some sort of motivation for me to stop procrastinating because I would like to attempt to reach that level someday. But if they procrastinate, like, I'm not doing anything wrong, you know? Okay, I don't know if this makes sense, but I feel like Elon Musk and Bill Gates don't procrastinate, but Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, and Mark Zuckerberg do. Like, Steve Jobs know? isn't alive anymore, Aria. <laughs> I did this in the quote episode too I was like Steve Jobs got rejected so many times but look where he is now he's vibing and then this is like Whoa. yeah he's vibing in heaven with the Jesus <laughs> rest in peace okay this is really weird but I'm gonna compare procrastination to labor for a hot sec so I heard something, I, th- I saw this on Instagram or something or TikTok or something, so I don't know how credible it is, but when women go through birth, apparently some sort of hormone is released to make women forget that, like, the absolute pain and torture that they went through, which is why women are actually willing to have a second and maybe a third and a fourth child, because they forget how much pain their children cause, like their child caused them coming out. And so that like compared to procrastination, like every single time I procrastinate, it doesn't feel like any less terrible, right? Because when I'm struggling to hand in an assignment on time because I procrastinated it to the very last minute possible, it always feels super, super shitty. And I always feel super stressed and overwhelmed. But then I go ahead and do it again. So procrastination equals labor. Yo, Aria, that's literally genius right yo wait wait wait. so you know how like climate change is happening right and everyone's just procrastinating actually doing anything about climate change do you think we're just all in labor am i pregnant and i didn't know it my virginity says otherwise (laughs) (laughs) 
Anywho, anywho. Okay, wait, wait. Let me explain why everyone is in labor. Okay, so real world example. Why do you think climate change still exists? There are so many movies and statistics showing that all of humanity is slowly going towards their doom. But we're here just like using metal straws. <laughs> Anywho, so big industries are major procrastinators. Basically, humans can see oncoming threats, but only fast ones. So for example, if a baseball was coming towards you, you would just duck. But climate change is not going fast enough. It's going too slow. So with battling climate change, it's not straightforward. It's not easy. There's so many steps necessary and there's a whole lot of gray area that comes with it. So we need to start by battling the negative emotion that comes with climate change because we are all very much aware that the world is gonna freaking die and we're just too scared to do anything about it. <laughs> by understanding procrastination in society and ourselves, we can battle climate change correctly, take a look at the reasons why nothing is actually happening, and we can also normalize but avoid it in our own homes. Basically, unless we're one second away from the sun exploding because global warming, we're just gonna slowly die. Yeah, fun, right? So fun! <laughs> TLDR of that lengthy conversation. Climate change plus giving birth is equal to ending procrastination. That's Aria, why are you showing soap? Nobody cares. My sister just walked into my room and she handed me the soap and it's coconut butter scrub and I'm very excited to use it. Wait, wait which brand? Dove? Soft soap. Dove isn't good for your skin, apparently. Either skin or hair, one of the two. I can't remember. Might be hair. It says otherwise. Damn. Okay, so hair. Oh, I already showered today. Okay, I'll just get really sweaty, and then I'll shower again. What? I'll work what? out. Okay. Oh, no. Are we keeping that in, by the way? <laughs> This podcast is just, this episode specifically is just full of me embarrassing myself. Okay, okay. So what's interesting is that on a neural level, we actually think of our future selves as strangers, right? So like Arya in two days is a stranger to Arya from April 17th at 6.30 p.m right like those are two different people those are two strangers and so when we procrastinate our brains actually think that the tasks we're putting off and therefore the negative accompanying feelings that are awaiting us for example in my case the fear that I'm gonna fail if I do study um are someone else's problem which is true like my fear that I'm gonna fail my physics exam is the aria of next Monday during period one it's her problem like not my problem I'm just gonna vibe and enjoy my April break. So at least now that we know what causes procrastination and now we can overcome procrastination, all we have to do is acknowledge our emotions. So we have to normalize rest days, manage our emotions because the biggest myth is that procrastination comes from poor time management, but it's actually just poor emotion management. So when you procrastinate it, you do it for two main reasons because what you're doing is hard or because what you're supposed to do comes with negative emotions. So suppose I have an assignment and it's like, oh, it requires so much effort. I have to put my brain into it and all that jazz. Why do I not want to do it? Because it's just hard. Once I acknowledge what's hard about it and realize that it's not actually that hard, I'll be able to do it. And 
I've been trying to do that and it kind of helps with the procrastination. But do you guys have any other tips? Some tips that you guys can follow to avoid procrastination are keeping a to-do list because keeping a to-do list will prevent you from conveniently forgetting about those unpleasant or overwhelming tasks. Do you guys remember when everyone was going and and in like, I don't know when this was, I want to say 2016, but that's, that, that was not the correct year. Who even knows time anymore? Um, Okay, so in my personal experience, I, big procrastinator, obviously, as I've said in this episode, but a lot of the time my problem is starting, slash my problem is continuing to start and following through with my start. And so what I like to do is I like to force myself to just like eliminate all distractions. And so the cycle that I go through is if I'm being distracted by my phone, then I will put my phone on grayscale, which you can do in settings. Um, And that makes your phone actually less enticing because the colors are so bright and so engaging that when it's just like black and white slash gray, like it's a lot less boring or it's a lot more boring to look at. I also put my phone on do not disturb mode. And that's especially, especially key if you're like me and you have a low attention span, because what happens is I'll get a notification and I'll look at that notification and I'll like start to reply. And if that notif was on Instagram, then I'll start scrolling through Instagram. And then I'll be like, oh, I'll just spend like a minute on TikTok and I'll fall down this rabbit hole. And eventually like 15 minutes will have gone by on my phone. And so by putting my phone on do not disturb, I'm just like eliminating that distraction of when the notification comes through, I just go on. If I'm still getting distracted, I like to give my phone to a family member, especially my sister, because she's so savage. I'll give my phone to her and she'll be like, okay, you're never getting it back now. Like, I'm not even going to give it back to you when you're 60 and you have like gray hair. And so she's like the best phone keeper for me. Um, Because then like, she knows that I, even if I beg for it back, even if I'm like, I have to do something super important. Like I have to like, yeah, whatever she'll still hang on to it. And then if I'm still getting distracted on my computer, because I do that, I have two things that I like to do. I use a Google Chrome extension called BlockSite, which is when I can put certain websites onto a blacklist. And every time I try to go to those websites, it'll just like restrict it. That one's not as good as the other one that I'm about to say though, because at least with that one, I can still like uninstall the extension or it's really really easy to just remove the website from the blacklist so the other one which is called self-control it's for macbooks so boohoo for you if you don't have a mac um it's an app that you can download on your mac that allows you to again put websites onto your blacklist set a length like set a certain amount of time that you want to be productive for and so that certain amount of time will be like the length of time that it'll block those websites And then it's perfect because even if you delete the app, even if you throw your MacBook through a wall, even if you like try to disable it, it doesn't disable. So it literally forces you to sit down and just be productive. Aria, why do you actually put more restrictions on yourself than your parents? No, man, my Wi-Fi restrictions are pulling through hard. This is how you know we're all actually going to be living on Aria's couch and it's not going to be the $2 one from Goodwill. I'm just saying. That's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. What? Oh, that's just going to be because you, like, got lucky and won a lottery. Don't worry. 
that. So no, no, but then I'm gonna like have registered incorrectly. Like I'm gonna have put Tupta instead of Gupta, and then it'll be invalid. Wait, speaking of all those apps, have you guys heard of the app Flora? Yes. Isn't it so good? It's basically like an app which you would download on your phone and you have to stay on that app, like close your phone. And if you go off of that app, then you kill a plant. Of course, like a virtual plant, but you don't want to do that either. So it kind of guilt trips you into not using your phone. It does. I love that app. Another thing I like to do that's really, really good for like regulating your emotions, because again, procrastination comes from poor emotion management, not time management, is offering myself a reward. So for example, I'll be like, I need to write at least 10 pages of this economics report in the next hour. And if I don't, then I don't get either like a 20 minute break or I don't get to watch an episode of New Girl, right? Like punishing yourself yeah like I'll, I'll be depriving myself of something that I love by not doing the task and so that like kind of forces my brain to subconsciously just be like Arya go like work and go finish this otherwise you're not gonna like get yay yeah and another super effective trip for tackling procrastination is time blocking this is actually a really good tip especially for the third kind of procrastinator which like these are the procrastinators that like overbook themselves and overcommit to stuff. Um, time blocking is something that's actually helped me a lot too. Um, usually if I'm having like a super, super, super busy day, I would time block all of my, I would time block all of my activities throughout the day and I would try and stick to them as much as I can. And yes, sometimes I do end up procrastinating throughout the day, but I immediately catch myself because I realized that after like stick to every single time block that I've made for myself because otherwise I'm not going to get anything done. For example, like yesterday I had six different meetings throughout the day. Um, so I woke up and like the first thing I did was pull out my Google calendar and like um, attempt to time block everything. Like I gave specific time slots for all of my tasks that I had to do um, yesterday. And I stick... I stuck to those specific timelines as much as I could. So make sure that when you're time blocking, you're also time blocking like spaces for breaks. So like, for example, if you've studied for an hour, then make sure to give yourself like a 15 minute break. Otherwise you will burn yourself out if you're just like continuously studying for six hours and then not giving yourself even like a 10 minute break. Yeah. And then to add on to what time blocking is, sometimes if you have like so so many things to do it might help to actually schedule like form a schedule for yourself for example um I have this friend who had like eight assignments to do in the span of like four or five days and so she was so overwhelmed she was like how am I gonna get all this done like this is so much to do and so I sat down and I was like I helped her create a schedule and the schedule was like a very very detailed schedule it was essentially time blocking day by day so like 11 a.m. wake up work on this assignment until like 12 a.m. and or 12 p.m. and then go on a break whatever and so that was like for the span of five days and what that serves to benefit is it allows you to actually lay yourself out and lay out all the things you have to do make sure you're scheduling enough time to get them all done so that you know that at the end of five days when they're all due 
you're gonna be able to like hand them all in I remember when you made a schedule for me too it was really really helpful and I've also found this way to just reward myself um on my own for example I have a specific task but I'm also in the middle of watching Attack on Titan so I finish one section of and like I finish one section of my specific task or assignment and then I watch one episode and then since the episode is exactly 20 minutes I don't give myself more of a break for example if you're scrolling through TikTok then you have to struggle through stopping yourself from scrolling which is a bit harder than stopping yourself from watching an episode having an episode with a specific amount of time just restricts you from that much time for a break so it's really helpful another thing I like to do to reward myself which might seem super super stupid is if I have like my to-do list or my my schedule or whatever and I finish a task it's so satisfying to check it off and see the line go through it or erase it off of my mirror or whatever because then it's just like so much serotonin having a whiteboard with a to-do list oh my god literally filling in a checkbox crossing it out erasing it it's so satisfying all right so now that we've normalized procrastination we've figured out the tips and tricks the science behind it the neurology thanks to our bestie aria we can move into main takeaways Yeah, so my main takeaway is I've let my fear of failure hold me back from so much, and yet procrastination has not aided me in the slightest, but rather it's hindered me. And so by taking the first step, you're already beating it. My main takeaway for you guys is taking a break and taking time for yourself is okay. It only becomes a problem when you begin to compromise your work, and that's exactly what procrastination does. My main takeaway is that procrastination is like a credit card. It's a whole lot of fun until you get the bill. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening.